0: Hey, Winnipeg Jets fans, it's been a uh, interesting past couple of days, an interesting weekend for Winnipeg as Pierre-Luc Dubois has signed a contract. And, well, obviously the biggest news is the Matthew Duchuk trade, which might actually impact how the Jets approach the Dubois situation. Uh, Dubois also held a press conference. We're going to take a look at what exactly Winnipeg should do this year as PLD might be one of the biggest trade chips left across any contender looking for an elite top six center. We'll explore all of this and more on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello friends and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. If you like for cheering, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, obviously, we have been a few days off. Um, We are are switching to our off-season schedule, if you aren't aware. Right now, I'm kind of debating between doing like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, um, or Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. To be honest, I'm not really sure which one, so if you guys have any thoughts on which episodes or uh, which days you would want an episode on, be sure to let me know. I I could do either for you guys, whichever one makes you happy. And we'll be running this schedule for, I want to say, five to seven weeks, um, just until the start of the actual season begins to roll around. And then, of course, we'll be back to a daily schedule. But in the meantime, obviously, uh, for Winnipeg, it's been, well, a bit of a rocky past couple of days, especially with the Pierre-Luc Dubois extension. Now, both sides... Just kind of skipped past the arbitration situation and settled on a one-year, six million dollar deal. I think this is actually very smart for both parties because, honestly, you know Dubois kind of needed to play ball for the Jets uh, in order to facilitate any kind of move. Let's be real, you know, Winnipeg is kind of in a tough spot here. Um, Dubois' agent has definitely thrown the gauntlet down, but you know, if if Dubois wanted to get traded, obviously. The, the agent and him are going to have to make some choices to help the Jets put them in a better position to find a, a new home because, uh, as it is without a contract and with just the rights out there, um, a player like Dubois holding out wouldn't really do much for anyone involved. And it would especially be bad for Dubois because, well, he's going to be due a contract ex- extension in a couple of years as a free agent. And so he kind of has to actually you know show up and, and really – put forth a really big effort and have a couple of big years because right now the perception around him is pretty bad. Um, and it's really hard to argue against that given what's happened in Columbus and what's happening with the Jets. Now, one thing that I will say um, that I think probably is worth mentioning is that even if Dubois was unhappy this past year and didn't really want to stay in Winnipeg, it hasn't devolved into the situation in Columbus where Uh, you know, obviously a lot of people were saying he basically quit on the team and he he stopped playing like in the middle of his shifts, which I haven't really seen from him. By all accounts, I think he's handling this situation a little bit better. Uh, Obviously, though, it's still pretty bad and it's clear that he wants to leave, but it's not quite to the situation where people have like a, you know, a 10 or a 15 second clip of him just abandoning all of his responsibilities in the middle of a game and, and yelling at the coaches. So, At the bare minimum, you know, we are getting, hopefully, a professional Dubois this season. I get the sense that he kind of wants to set the record straight on his own ability. Um, There was a press conference with him that I think didn't really answer any questions, and I wasn't really thrilled with the Jets even bothering with this, because, to be honest, I just don't really feel it's done anything for anyone involved. If anything, I think it just pissed off Jets fans even more, because, Dubois was kind of grilled about why he wants to leave and what his plans are. And he basically dodged just about every question, which uh, I think he tends to not really want to get into it with folks, which is understandable. Um, But with this fan base and with how passionate Jets fans are, you know, I think a lot of them felt they were owed an explanation as to why Dubois wants to leave and, you know, go to Montreal. And he tried to say that, you know, the whole Montreal thing was overblown. And maybe this quote from the article um, and from his agent was taken out of context and blown up into something that's way bigger. But, you know, the reality for Pierre-Luc Dubois is that his reputation is in tatters. People are pissed at him. You know, he's got multiple fan bases that now hate his guts. Do I think it's entirely justified? Uh, You know, I'm a little bit more mixed on it, I guess. Uh, I think people have a right to be angry about this because, you know, obviously this whole situation with him has sort of devolved. Maybe it became an issue because, you know, our expectations for him staying were perhaps a bit unrealistic. But, you know, by the same token, you know, I think a lot of us were thinking this guy would be, you know, a future number one C for this team and maybe even wearing the captain's armband at some point. But instead, of course, he now wants to leave, go to go to another team. And he has put the Jets in a really tough position. So, you know, I think some of the hate is definitely justified I think that there is a reasonable level of anger you can have. I think for me, the one reason that I haven't really been that upset is, um, you know, I'm I'm a Borussia Dortmund fan, and if you know anything about football, you know, players wanting out is pretty common in that sport. And so, you know, with Dortmund, I've actually watched uh, similar situations of young players wanting to move just about every other summer. It's it's pretty routine there. So, for me, this is kind of like old hat. But I think a lot of hockey fans. Uh, especially those who don't follow as many other sports where you see like a lot of young players being moved around and really kind of forcing moves themselves. This is kind of new ground, and I'm sure a lot of folks don't like it, uh, especially because as Canadian teams, it's already difficult at times to retain, uh, you know, some talent and certainly recruit free agents. So, yeah, again, I think that there is a reasonable level of anger. And, you know, I don't think Dubois really coated himself in glory either with the way that he's handled this. Or the subsequent responses to, you know, frankly, very good questions about why he's trying to force his way out and uh, ultimately seek greener pastures elsewhere. I think he's got a decent case for why he would want to move, but obviously, the way that he's going about it is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Now, given all of this, you know, it's obviously been a pretty uh, a pretty dour outlook. But look, there was something else that happened over the weekend that I think should actually give Jets fans. Pretty good hope for a really big trade return, and that of course is the Matthew Tutuk trade. We'll talk about how this might impact the Jets, and honestly, what really could result in a big win for Winnipeg in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out one of our wonderful partners at BetOnline.net. Those of you who have heard me talk about BetOnline know that I'm not really personally a big online better myself, and even before BetOnline, I just didn't really mess with it. But you know, bet Online approached us, and honestly, I found that they were super easy, uh, very straightforward. I didn't know much about online betting before then, didn't really understand lines um, and odds, of course. And then they showed us this really great platform that's super easy to use, even for total beginners. I actually bet on a Bundesliga match, and I ended up winning it, which is pretty darn cool. But bet Online wants to be so much more than just a betting source. They also have all the news, podcasts. Wagering information, live scores, esports, and everything surrounding your favorite sports. Whether you're looking for Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, even esports, golf, Triple Crown horse racing. No matter what you're into, they've got you covered. And if you don't like all, if you don't like sports or anything, they've also got Vegas casino games, so that there's something for just about everyone. Again, they really want to be your number one source for all things sports and fun. So get head on over to uh, BetOnline.net to register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are going to be talking a little bit about uh, the whole Matthew DeTuck trade, because I feel like this actually has some pretty decent, um, I would say, foreshadowing for how the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade might go down and what the Jets could potentially expect in a major return, if everything goes according to plan, obviously some stuff is is likely to change. But, you know, for now, the Jets are, are sitting pretty, pretty happily. So before we dive into the trade implications and what uh, Calgary actually got for him, I did want to uh, say thanks again so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, circling back to Winnipeg and this whole to Chuck trade. Obviously, you might have heard by heard of it by now. Uh, Dechuk got sent to the Florida Panthers, and in exchange, they got Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weaker, Kolshovin, and a, uh, a first round pick from twenty twenty five that's lottery protected and has a few other uh, minor conditions. Plus, um, you know, if it if it actually ends up being a lotto pick, it slides to the 2026 1st rounder. Which, you know, it, it is what it is, right? Most teams have dealt with a whole. Uh, like a a lottery protection, especially with the past few drafts. I think most intelligent teams that can pull it off and convince uh, the trade partners to work it in. They want to make sure that they have all available top end assets in play for the upcoming next two seasons, especially the Panthers, because they have a very likely need to start a rebuild in a few years once some of these guys start to age out and they need to cycle in some really good talent. So You know, I I think for what the whole situation um, was with Calgary in terms of not really having a lot of leverage, I think Calgary did pretty darn well here. Tachuk was an expiring free agent. Obviously, they didn't want to lose him for nothing. You know, as an RFA, he basically said that there were only a handful of places he would sign long term, which, you know, really limits your options. Uh, I think he listed four to five teams and the Panthers were one of them. And once he uh, arrived there, of course, he had an eight-year, $76 million contract already signed and done with the uh, with the Panthers, almost like a, a it was actually a sign-and-trade with Calgary, which you don't really see very often. But that aside, of course, you know, Tuchuk is an elite first-line player, very likely a franchise-level skater, one of the top space creators, and a truly, you know, monstrous attacker. I, I don't know that people realize how good he is. Um partly because he plays for Calgary, so it's a market that, while it definitely gets a, a decent amount of press in Canada, maybe hasn't bored into the U.S. player uh, and U.S. fan consciousness as much, but anyone who's ever seen Tochuk, uh, especially against the Jets, knows he's a huge pain in the butt to play, and this dude is just an absolute beast. So the return for him, given that he only had a couple of teams that he would go to, and given that most of those teams really didn't have the cap space to bring him in, I think they actually did pretty well. Huberdeau and Weger are interesting. Huberdeau is, you know, at this point, I would say like a top six winger. He's not really the kind of guy that I would be handing a lot of money to, especially because he had a pretty massive season, a career year with the Panthers, and the likelihood of him coming anywhere close to that again at the age of like, what, 28 or so. Probably not all that likely. And his, you know, his on-ice impacts are pretty modest. So again, as like a one season kind of rental that you could potentially flip at the trade deadline. I would, you know, probably lean towards that as being a decent option. I do suspect that Calgary might want to actually use them for the entire year, just because this may be their last chance. If they feel uh, this is their only opportunity to make a a last playoff run, because with all the departures, you know, Goudreau to Chuck, obviously they've lost up, you know, a, a lot of good goal scoring impact up front. So Huberto will at least bring in some supplemental ability there. But Weger, uh, I would say, is probably the better of the two players. Uh, he is a, a very good top four defender. And honestly, the Panthers probably shouldn't have let him go. But, you know, given their, their gamble on Chuck here, it's understandable. Weger uh, is a very good player, but he's not quite on the level of of Chuck. Now, I think there is a decent argument that cumulatively, like the total value of the Chuck versus Uyghur and Huberto might actually not be as far apart just because you've got two great players for one. Uh, though, I will say that uh, the the biggest difference, of course, is the Chuck is a lot younger. And of course, now he's signed for eight years. So I, I don't know that it's the most comparable situation, but then you toss in a, a what I believe is a pretty decent prospect in Kohlschwind and, of course, a 2025 uh, first you know, that's not a pretty, That's uh, not a bad, uh, that's not a bad trade package at all. I think the flames did well here. I think Brad Treliving actually did something that I agreed with for once. And, you know, for the jets, if you can get a roster player, uh, a really solid prospect, maybe like a tier prospect and maybe a higher end first round pick. Um, in this case, the 2025 first is probably going to be like at least in the mid range. Cause I don't expect the Panthers to really start backsliding for a while now. So, um, Yeah, I I think that this is like a pretty solid trade package for an expiring asset. I think the Jets would expect a mid to upper end uh, first rounder and probably, you know, some kind of a decent, maybe like a cap dump, but a player who can be, you know, a top six option to replace Dubois, not somebody that I think they're looking for like an elite skater with, but, you know, a Dvorak type is probably what they're going to get. It's not my favorite return, but I wouldn't be shocked if somebody on that level is kind of Part of the whole trade package. I would really prefer futures in general, but teams sometimes they can be a little bit hesitant with that. Uh, so the Jets are going to have to play it, play it, you know, nicely. But I think the big advantage here is that Dubois being signed for one year at six million makes him infinitely more tradable than Tetchuk was. Tetchuk obviously didn't uh, accept a contract extension until he was uh, agreed to go to Florida, but here Winnipeg actually has term and control. Obviously, just for one year, but they can retain salary at the trade deadline. They can make any number of deals with any number of teams. And honestly, you know, even if teams know that Pierre Luc Dubois wants to go to Montreal after he hits free agency, not really a big deal. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be an elite rental for however long you can make him uh, your player. And maybe you even take a pass at trying to convince him to stay. I I wouldn't go that, you know, particular route uh, and really expect anything. But at the bare minimum, if you're looking for a top end rental, again, you really couldn't do uh, you could do much worse than bringing in Dubois for a season and seeing if maybe just maybe he wants to hang around for a little bit longer. But I think even as a rental, he'll command a huge package. I mean, you saw what we got for cop two second rounders, one of which turned into a really nice first that brought us Brad Lambert. So I'm expecting a really big return for Dubois, and I think most Jets fans should be expecting one as well. Now, of course, while the Dubois stuff has been going on, there have been some interesting moves by the Jets, not really anything super crazy, but there might be one rumor worth tracking, and we'll talk about this rumor and what it might mean for the upcoming roster in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight with some quick thoughts on uh, some of the free agent stuff that the Jets are maybe looking at. And maybe one or two players that I've been interested in having the Jets trade for Uh, their status and contract stuff has been updated with their respective teams. We'll start off with the uh, the Jets free agent stuff, though. Um, One of the guys that was uh, obviously potentially on the way out of the organization, but I think the Jets really like is Jonathan Kovacevic. And he has agreed to sign a three year, two point three million dollar deal, which basically is like league minimum. This contract, I think, is interesting because to me, signing him for this much term means that at some point the Jets do expect him to become maybe like a third pairing or a seventh defender. I like Kovacevic in some areas. I think that there is the potential for him to be a solid two-way puck moving D with a pretty decent shot and, and smart offensive zone instincts. His defensive game at the NHL level is obviously still a work in progress, but uh, and what he's like 25 ish. I want to say maybe a little bit older. So, you know, his ceiling is probably not at the level of where you're expecting an immediate top four defender, like a Dylan Sandberg or a Ville Heinola or anything like that. But as a guy who can be an injury replacement, maybe somebody who actually proves he can play a third pairing role pretty well, especially on that right side that doesn't have a lot of depth. I don't mind this. I think it's a very cheap contract. Um, Kovacevic is a prospect I liked a lot back in the day. You know, his his AHL performance, I think, has been pretty darn good for the Moose. So if that's all he becomes is just a mainstay for the Moose, I think that that's awesome for three years. Um, But, of course, maybe the Jets have a little bit more in mind for him, and we'll see if he can actually earn a spot as he comes into camp because, let's be real, the right side of the defense is not so good right now, and anyone competing for a spot might genuinely have a decent chance of – beating someone out and perhaps getting in and helping us improve the back end because, yeah, that right side, it's it's not great. But as far as any other free agent stuff is concerned, the Jets, uh, of course, are apparently being linked to Lawson Krauss, which is a guy that they've been linked to before in the past. I don't know how long ago it was, but Kraus right now is is looking on the way out with the Yotes, which isn't surprising. He scored like 20 goals this year. And Kraus is kind of interesting because, I think in like an ideal world, right, if the Jets had had a better roster, Kraus would have been a really good like third line winger. He's strong. He's physical. He's very tall. But it's not just size that you're buying with him. He's got very strong defensive impacts. He's not terrible offensively, though. I don't think that that's like the biggest uh, strong suit with his game. Kraus will always kind of be remembered for being overdrafted over some of the other top prospects in his year. And, you know, that always got held against him. But in terms of being like a really serviceable middle six player who can basically bang and crash around the net and slap home goals alongside maybe somebody like, say, Adam Lowry, I actually think that that's a pretty interesting player. The only thing with him, though, is that because he scored 20, that's going to make his contract extension pretty expensive. And for that reason, I'm a little bit hesitant to be in on him. So, yeah, I don't know what to make of that one. Uh, the, the Twitter account that reported it from Ken, Weeb did actually suggest that maybe, yeah, Jakob Chikrin would be part of a bigger trade package. I like Chikrin a lot. Um, but the, the combined cap hits of Chikrin and, uh, whatever extension, you know, Krause is asking for, and it's not going to be cheap. That might be a little bit more than the jets can handle, but if Winnipeg somehow figured out a way to make the money work, I really like Chikrin a lot. He's got some term left on his deal. Uh, I think his cap hit is super reasonable for what he brings. And again, for like immediate top four right-handed help. I mean, he solves so many problems for the Jets. I've been a Chukron fan for many years. The only thing with him, of course, was the injury history that he's had. But maybe this is the time that he can actually put it together. Uh, He's had a couple of good seasons recently with the Yotes. I would love for him to stay healthy and join the Jets. Uh, But of course, it's probably more in the realm of fiction right now, given that the Jets I don't know are looking for any big moves. It doesn't seem like they are so far, but maybe they shock me. Now, the one other player that I thought would be worth mentioning is Yesa Puyayarvi, who also avoided arbitration with his team the Oilers and he signed for 1 year at 3 million. Now, Puyarvi for me, I'm a big fan of his transition game. I think he's the kind of guy who's like a really good setup player, maybe somebody who participates in in build-up and creation out wide. But maybe doesn't have the world's best finishing ability yet. What we saw with him was that his his speed and his strength, um, and his offensive drive to cut out from the, like the wing and moving towards the interior slot area, I think just makes him a physical menace. And honestly, for the Jets, uh, his transition ability is something that he would really be a boost to this team. Winnipeg does not have many players like that, other than Ailers and maybe Shifley when he's really feeling it, but. Other than that, you know, we don't have any transition specialists. If that's all you got with Puyo Yarvey, I think that that's still really good value. And honestly, the Oilers are just kind of trying to throw him away. So I think, you know, with a year and uh, a couple million under the books, I could see the Jets maybe being interested in giving him a shot. Worst case scenario, you throw out like a third round pick or something, and it just doesn't pan out. But I kind of feel like Puyo Yarvey might have something in store for Winnipeg and might legitimately be a great player to bring in. So... We'll keep an eye on that. I don't know how many teams are interested in PRV. He's kind of got a skill set that I think people don't always rate all that highly, but is generally useful in my opinion. So we'll see. But uh, let me know how you feel about him. Maybe you think he should just stay with the Oilers and not join the Jets. Personally, again, I think his transition ability is awesome. And every time he plays Winnipeg, man, it's scary. He just sort of bears down on any defenders that he's coming up against. And honestly, he's he's pretty darn effective. But Again, let me know your thoughts and what you would give up for Puye RV. Maybe you think we can even throw out Logan Stanley or something, Uh, another player who might be not the best fit for the Jets, but for another team, maybe they really like his size and his big shot. Who knows? In in an ideal world, I suppose anything is possible. But uh, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Throughout the rest of the week, I will be spotlighting some more potential uh, like breakout Winnipeg Jets players and update any situations surrounding Dubois, any rumors that come out, and really just get us ready for the next couple of weeks as the Jets are kind of in a little bit of a downtime period. Obviously, camp is rolling up, and uh, Winnipeg is going to have some interesting choices for what they might do with the upcoming roster because, yeah, it's, it's a little strange right now, for being honest, and there's not a lot of depth to work with, but... Hopefully, we have some new signings to announce later this week. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our Locked On experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, available on your favorite podcasting platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.